and we're live. Oh, we're Hi. live. Yes. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and today I am here with star of For the Love of Dilf Season 2, Anthony Harrison. How you doing today, sexy? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Work. So, where are you originally from? Uh, Rochester, Rochester, New York, a little old town upstate. It's about like seven, seven and a half hours from where I'm at. Um, yeah. it's, it's fun. It's, it's cozy. It's home. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's quiet actually. See, it must be nice to love where you're from. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'm literally living at home now and like, I'm like, I I cannot wait. So I'm originally from South Florida. Okay. I live about an hour north of West Palm Beach. Nice. So like, as I said, this town was like so small, but well, now it's growing. Uh, this area is growing and I'm trying to figure out why. I'm like, there's nothing to fucking do here. Why does everybody want to live here? Like the weather. I don't get it. See, I, I don't like the warmth, which is literally why, like, I am literally planning on moving this year, actually, hopefully in a few months, yeah. hopefully by June. I'm planning on moving from Florida to Detroit. Okay, that's a huge difference. Yes. <laughs> and people always say, why Detroit? First of all, I'll list the obvious one. Detroit's affordable. Like, Detroit oh, is yeah. probably the only affordable city in this country currently that, like, where anything's going on. Okay. I and see then that. the second thing is, I have an album written that I want to put out this year. It's basically my, it's basically like the latter half of my teen years and like my 20s because I'm just. I'm getting out of my 20s in June. I'll be turning 30 in June. So, like, congratulations. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that bad. Like, this is my thing. Everyone's like, oh my God, 30 is so bad. I'm thinking, yeah, it's bad if you fuck white gays. Like, <laughs> oh my God. I keep it. I keep, I keep it real. I primarily get fucked by black and Latino dudes. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you have a great old time in Detroit. <laughs> That's exactly why. It's like, two. I was telling you this. So basically, my man, kind of like. He's like, he's telling me all this stuff. And I was, and I jokingly said to him, cause he doesn't want to move with me at the same time. I'm like, I'm like, I promise not to cheat on you when I live in Detroit. <laughs> cause I know. I'm, I, <laughs> well, now he seems like he wants to, now he seems like he wants to commit. Yeah. So now I'm taking him seriously. Before he, before he was like, when you move to Detroit, I want to the following year move to Orlando. I'm thinking, first of all, I lived in Orlando for four years. I'm like, mm -hmm. and I literally told him, I told him, I'm like, bitch, there's nothing to do there. Like, 
literally their like best gay club closed down during the pandemic. So I'm like, yeah. what's the point in going there now? Like there's like you would think Orlando Disney World, all this hub that's like where people want to go. There are three gay clubs in the whole city. Really? Yep. No, I need a little and, bit more variety than that. <laughs> exactly. And that's why like that's my thing with Detroit. I found out Detroit has like a large gay scene. I didn't know that at first. I just knew it was like music and everyone's like granted, my music's not like Motown or hip hop. Mine's yeah. more like electronic, but it's like okay. I feel like being that um that different you unique flavor in like a city okay would be great and it's also it's like clearly i love sticking out like you as i say you can't become a drag queen and all of a sudden want to be like oh yeah i want to conform like everybody else i'm like no it's not gonna happen just no and plus like i have to do shit myself because when you have a mouth you you tend to know that like the corporate deals the corporate doors aren't gonna exactly open for you. You have to kick them up. You have to kick them in. Yeah. That's why what is it? Two this this area, because I don't perform much here because there are two drag houses and I'm not a part mm -hmm. of either of them. Cause my thing is they all want queens who lip sync and just do all of the same stuff. It's like, why would I lip sync when I can go out there and do an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, which none of you bitches can. Like, <laughs> and cause some disturbance. Like, yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah. What was it like for you growing up as a kid? Oh wow! Um, it was it was fun. It was challenging. Um, I don't know. I think it's crazy. This question just came up. Um, so, growing up was relatively easy in the sense of my mother was okay with me being gay, but there were stipulations. Stipulations meaning that you had to be a very strong, determined man. You know, there was no kind of like. There was no, there wasn't a real acceptance, you know, it was like, okay, great. Right. You can be gay, but it's coming along with this, this, and this. Um, so, I mean, like I had like so many times in my life when I was like, I was just struggling with my identity because I really didn't even know. I, I was thinking like, okay, so if I can be gay, then I, I thought the entire point of being yourself was to be yourself. You know, there was no stipulations along with that. Um, so I struggled with it for a long time. I was like, well, maybe I'm just going through the motions. Maybe I'm bisexual. Um, you know, and, and it, it took a lot of like, you know, like self-reflection to say, wow, you know, I, I am gay, but I didn't own that until I, I got a lot older, you know, so being in my, my teens and growing up was a little bit more challenging than I actually, you know, expected. See, I kind of get that. Cause this is the thing yeah. I grew up in kind of a, um, conservative household. I had like, as I always explain to people, I have like the biggest contradictions out of everything because it's like yeah. i grew up in like this republican sort of catholic household yeah on one side but on the other side my mom was also the one who introduced me to madonna introduced me to joan rivers and all that so it's like 
I have like conflicting things happening, which is why. Actually, no, that's my next question. Let's. Yeah. That's my next question. Is um. <laughs> so I guess I guess you know what I'll ask you. I'll ask you this that way. Yeah. This will make sense in a minute. So what was it like for you coming out? Um. It. Uh, <laughs> that was a lot. Because actually, so my daughter's mother actually outed me. So we were actually, I remember her, I remember like the entire, uh, like I found out that my daughter, mother's was pregnant. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited for this entire, entire thing. Um, but I remember, do you remember, a well, I'm going to date myself. I, we had AOL growing up, right? So I remember her yeah. like going through the browser history. And she was just like, there's like, I used to have also, um, an extreme amount of like Abercrombie and Fitch, like like guys on my wall, because I was yeah. obsessed with that. So I remember her going through like the AOL like history, and she was just like, "Wow, you know, like someone's been going through like a lot of like you know like a guy sites or whatever." And I'm thinking to myself, "Fuck, I'm like, do I tell her? Do I not tell her?" Um, and I finally did, and I was like, "Hey, listen, I'm just going through the motions. I'm bisexual, you know, even though I knew deep down inside there was like I was leaning towards being more." like gay um and i mean yeah. she gave me actually even though she outed me she gave me a safe space you know she allowed me to just say hey listen if this is who you are then own that you know um and it was she actually helped me tell my mom or speak to my mom about it even more so so i mean i'm forever grateful and thankful that she allowed created that space for me to be that so it was it was challenging at first but i mean as soon as i started to really accept it which didn't come to a little bit later then everything was just a little bit more smoother I can kind of get that because my thing was, as I always explain to people, I had because there are two sides. I had like the easy coming out and I also yeah, yeah. had a challenging coming out. I had both. <laughs> so like the easy part was, I will always say, I gave it to people who had to come out to two parents. I didn't because I came out um, four months after my mom died. So it was, Sorry. thank you. So I only had to come out to my dad. And then I have an older sister who actually literally just in November came out herself. So it's like, wow. at some point I was like being the loving brother, but at the same time I want to be like, you're welcome, bitch. I laid the road for you. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you the roadmap. Yeah. So that was the good part. So the yeah. bad part was, I told a youth minister at the church about this performance idea I had with a knife and how I practiced stabbing myself because I'm dramatic, obviously. <laughs> and he left the room. He came back in about 10 minutes later. He said, okay, you have one of two options. Either you're coming with me or I'm calling the cops. Now, in hindsight, yeah. I would have let him call the cops. Because the cops wouldn't have done a damn fucking thing to me. They would have literally just like asked me a few questions and let me go. So I went yeah. with him. I went with him to get a psyche valve. Oh, shit. They, yeah, they had told me I had passed it. So like I was in a hospital, like I was on the phone with my dad. I'm like, yeah, come back here and get me. Like I'm ready. And then all of a sudden I had a cop yelling at me. He's like, get off the phone. I'm like, I'm thinking, like, what the fuck's going on? Like, yeah. And then they put me in a hospital room. And then for five, 
five, almost six hours. They didn't tell me anything. They just left me in a hospital room. And then at around midnight, they came in and told me what they do in Florida, which is called bait acting when they put you on a 72 hour suicide hold. And then from there, they transported me in an ambulance from the hospital to I okay, I say mental institution because I feel like that's puts a better vision in people's mind of where I was, but it wasn't actually a mental institution. It was basically a behavioral clinic. Okay. And they kept me there. But this was a place where like literally the day I got there, they didn't have a room for me. They literally there was like a like front desk. And then they had like a bed laying there. They're like, okay, you're sleeping there. They took my wallet, my keys, my phone, my shoes. They put it in a Ziploc bag, which basically they give back to you when you're done. And then I just had to sit there. I didn't, I didn't do the full 72. I had to do, I did 64 because I was brought in on a weekend and the weekend psychiatrist was like, he's kind of making me feel guilty about stuff. Cause he was like, he's like playing with knives is dangerous. I'm like, I know that. Like I knew what I was doing. It's not like I was yeah. trying to actually like harm myself. I was just being creative. But anyway, I got out. And then afterwards, um, the youth minister and a priest trapped me in a room. They got me to do a session. They, they got me to do sessions with a therapist with a therapist. And on session four, she tried to pray the gay away. <sighs> which we all know how well that works <laughs> <laughs> that does not work it's it's, it's... of course not <laughs> of course not like see some people think it works like days i thought it worked i i honestly thought it only worked for about six hours and i saw a guy i was into a saw his ass and got hard and i'm like nope <laughs> it's like you Didn't tried work. it's like you fucking <laughs> failed but you tried oh shit how old were you when that happened I was 18. I was 18, but I was like, as I always say, I was a naive 18. So like, okay. I just like, I basically, after that happened, I gave power of attorney over to my dad for a year. Cause like I signed stuff without thinking I was like, I just signed stuff thinking I was going to some place to get help. I didn't know help for what, like, that's the thing. Like, As I was telling the youth minister, I'm like, I always thought I was gonna have one of these anyway. I know, I know that's bad to like think about, but it's like, as an artist, you always feel like a little bit. Like I sometimes like go into my head, or like I think about being in my head, and I'm like, that is one place as a normal person you should never be trapped. Anyone who's like. I want to know what an artist is thinking. No, you don't. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> I promise you just staring at the art and like enjoying the like beautifulness of it. Beautifulness. Beauty of it. Clearly, I didn't finish college. So, <laughs> <laughs> or like hearing the like 
sound of it, it's better to hear it that way than to be like get inside their mind. Yeah. But as I said, that's it's one of those things where it's like as I say, and it's weird to think about this in your 20s. Everyone thinks your 20s are so magical. I always describe my 20s as like basically from 18 to about honestly a few months ago. That's the scary part. I did like a downward spiral, downward spiral. My like I was I was suicidal twice. I got raped. I got sexually assaulted when I was in drag one time. So it's like all of this shit like that people don't feel that yeah. they should talk about. I'm the artist who's like I kind of have this like and what attitude about things. So it's like it's like, yeah, I'm telling you about this and what. If you don't like the way that it is or the way that it, it sounds or the fact that this happened to me that I'm okay expressing it, then you don't gotta fuck, fucking listen to me. But I'm like, I want to put this out so that way like people can know my story and hopefully in some ways you want to stop the cycle from repeating. Of course. But I mean, you it's know always... that um, you know, it always it's always really good for me to be able to hear different stories of you know when uh, people are coming out and what it looks like or what it feels like because yeah. i mean growing up like i was just telling you it was yeah it definitely had its challenges but when i i'm not even kind of trying to compare our stories but there's definitely of a course. difference there you know um i mean being able to have that semi support even though it came with stipulations of coming out was a lot more easier you know i've had friends that you know they 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 really went through the ringer of just like parents not accepting them getting kicked out so there was a lot of like emotion that went with that. And I still have friends that are even in their thirties and their forties that are still like living with that, that acceptance that they never received from their parents. Yeah. I mean, it's also, you got to think of like the time. Cause the craziest thing is. So when I like interview people, God, I'm going to make my sound sound like an old man here. But when I've interviewed people in like, they're early to mid 20s now and like you hear them like basically saying oh i didn't have to come out i'm like that's me it's like wow so it's like <laughs> i was the last generation that had to like go through this yeah. and it's i i hope it stays that way because it's like oh yeah absolutely i don't think that Having to go through, even though mine wasn't that tough, but hearing your story and, you know, the countless others, I mean, I don't think yeah. anyone should have to face that, you know, but unfortunately it did. So hopefully we're moving in a direction that it's like, it's just, it's who you are. Love is love. You know, I think it's, it, we shouldn't have to come out, but unfortunately we did. We faced that and now we're a lot stronger, but we faced those challenges. Exactly. So what was it like for you moving to New York City? Oh my God. So it's so crazy because I actually, so after having my daughter, which I talk about on the show, yeah, I said, Hey, listen, I need to really get like a solid foundation for myself, for my daughter, just overall, because I was just, I was going through so many different emotions, my sexuality, having a child, such a young age, you know, um, I was like, you know, I need to go into the military. I need a really good solid foundation. Um, so going into the military really just, it really fucking helped me, helped me out so much. Um, that after I, I got out of the military, I was like, you know what? I want to move to New York. 
um, because there was really in Rochester, it's just it's it's really not a lot to do as you start to get older. So I said, right. I want to move to the big city. I want to have this amazing life. I want to go out. I want to really, really find my fucking self. And it was like a kid in a fucking candy store. I remember like getting to New York and going out to my first club. I think it was called a place called Escuelita. And let me tell you, I was like a kid in a fucking candy store. I was going out every single fucking weekend. I was just, I was, I was living my best life, you know? Um, and I didn't, I never forgot about why I moved to the city, but I think there was like a brief time, like maybe like two years max that I was like, I just want to party. I just want to let go. I'm meeting people that accept me. I'm finally starting to feel comfortable in myself. Um, and I was just having a fucking amazing time, but I don't know at some point that reality kicked in. And I was like, I didn't just go into the military to come to New York city to fuck around. Like I came here with a purpose. Um, but I needed that. I need those, I needed those two years to enjoy it. And let me tell you, I definitely fucking did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, it's been, I've had so many challenges since moving to New York. Um, but I faced all of them head on. And I think honestly, it stems back to, I don't run from any problems. I faced them head on. Um, and that's been my attitude. And that's, that was my attitude inside the mansion. That's my attitude with my friendships. I just really just say, you know what? Yeah, this is difficult and this is challenging, but I'm not going to run away from it. I'm going to face it head on. Right. And it's like, that's how, who is it? When I moved, when I moved to Orlando. Yeah. The first time, because this is the craziest part. I lived in Orlando twice. That's why, like, that's another thing going back to, like, why I never moved to Orlando again. I'm like, <laughs> after two times, you learn that, like, maybe you need to be somewhere else. So when I left the first time, I left for a year and I remember who was it? Or no, this, this came after the second time. It's like, I went out, I went to audio engineering school and like all of this, I was living up there. I was like, it was the first time I had ever performed at clubs and I, I, I loved it. Like, Granted, were there times where, like, it started out actually kind of smooth because I actually didn't start out doing drag. I just started out being, like, my boy self going into, like, these cafes or, like, bars and performing. And then one day somebody, like, talked to me, like, one of the regular performers. They're like, they're like, man, you just really got, you get into it. And then, like, all of a sudden, I felt myself like start talking about of like, well, I had this idea, this idea, that idea, that and that, and like, all of a sudden, they they were the first who told me they're like, well, then why don't you just do it? Like, you have these ideas, like, might as well just do it, and like, yeah. that was great, and like, the thing of it was, as I always say, like. Overall, like my my style has kind of changed. Where like that came with the pandemic. Like I used to be more conservative. I used to wear pants all the time and like platform shoes and like a feather boa and like a wig and or a bob wig. And then like literally, it was in the pandemic where I basically just said like because I was so afraid to like show off my body because it's like you're not thin like all this and then like. 
once that pandemic hit 2020 2021 came and i'm like you know what it's like you're not getting any younger yeah it's like you don't have to be thin to do this like you can be yourself and like that's why now i literally just to this day i do i do t-shirt dresses and like bodysuits and dragons like my view is with people it's like if you don't like the way that i fucking look you don't gotta stare at me so true yeah so fucking true that confidence is yeah yeah i hear you on that so anyway, where was i going going back oh yeah so the thing is the one thing that i keep i don't wear i don't use these glasses these are these i got in a brand deal so i do love any any as i always say sunglasses brands you want to you want to like <laughs> reach reach out to me if your sunglasses aren't shit i'll gladly like pay for the shipping if you want to sponsor me but it's like the ones that i wear they're actually they're a pair of ray-bans they were my mom's and it's like like when i put everything on it's like because especially i look literally like identically to my mom and it's like looking back at the mirror i'm like it's kind of freaky because it's like I'm seeing my mom and I'm like bringing her intense energy. And I kind of like loves that. Yeah. Which that was great. And as I said, overall, like the places I performed, owners were always cool with me. This one bar that I performed at, I remember it's like the owners were cool with me except for like one night. So like, one night to end one of my sets, I had screamed motherfucker into the microphone. And then, like, I went into a dance break and then, like, ended. And then the following week, the owner was, like, standing behind the bar, like, serving drinks. And all of a sudden, she walked up to the table I was sitting at. She's like, yeah. There are old people in the audience this week. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, am I not at a fucking bar? Like... I didn't know there was a uh, you had to be censored, but hey, that 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 was my thing. I'm like, I'm like, okay, but I mean, I guess this is what happens when you perform at straight bars where you're used to like eight, ten guys all sitting up there with their guitar, and like I would come in with my iPod and thump these electronic beats in this like tiny ass, tiny ass bar, and like screaming in the microphone and be like how the fuck you doing tonight orlando like wake, wake <laughs> bitches up because it's like i know you're gonna fall asleep when i'm done anyway so i might as well yeah. like yell and like get you to but i'm like i'm like you know what fine i won't swear to offend we'll old again. people like <laughs> that's ridiculous fuck that <laughs> but as i say the reason i stopped performing in a straight bar because it was like I had like an early night, but I had like a long night. So it's like I used to do every Thursday for five months, I would do two shows a night, which is yeah. like it's like if you're a lip syncing artist, that's fine. But when you sing live, having to like perform from seven o'clock in the seven o'clock in the evening till twelve thirty in the morning. That's, that's a lot, lot on your voice. Hundred <laughs> percent, absolutely. That's why I said, like, at, at one point, I'm like, I'm like, I love y'all at the straight bar. I can't do this shit anymore. Like, I just, no. 
But then when I had to leave Orlando, because this is the thing. As I always say, there's sometimes people regret what they're what like what happens in life. Yeah. I always say, like, I'm the one person who's like, thank God I got kicked out of Orlando. Cause if I didn't get kicked out of like an apartment in Orlando and be forced to move I would never left Orlando. I would still be there today, like struggling. Yeah. So it was a blessing. And, yeah. That's the way I look at it. And it's like, because this is the thing. At one point, I thought I was going to move to Atlanta. And then I thought about actually moving to Atlanta before I decided on Detroit. I'm like, I'm like, bitch, you've already tried to do Atlanta. There's a reason you didn't move here is partially because how do I put this? this is the one message I would say to younger people. Fame is not important. Like yeah. having this like big fancy like distribution company make your music. If you know how to make your own fucking beats or you know how to make your own fucking like instrumentals, you don't need some fancy people who, which I did, I had like a meeting with, or I had conversations with people in Atlanta, like, and I was making all this shit happen. And then all of a sudden, one day I like talked to them and they're like, yeah. So they're like, yeah, so it's going to take six months to do your album. I'm like, I'm like six months. Cause my thing is I could understand if I had nothing written yeah. it taking six months, but it's like, I can go in the studio and bang out some tracks. No problem. Where's this six months? And then I said, like, what happens if I went into songwrite? They're like, they're like, oh, you're gonna have to pay to songwrite too. And I'm thinking, I'm like, that's where I hit the like light bulb moment where I'm like, oh yeah, this is a money making scam. It's exactly. it's still it's still in business today. Surprisingly, I don't know how. Which I will say this, anyone in Atlanta, if you ever get in contact with somebody named Christopher Starr who runs CSP Music Group, it's a fucking scam. <laughs> <laughs> I just I will call bitches out, no problem with that. Like it is because they like have all this stuff and like you don't want to think like in this day and age, like in the twenty tens when I was doing this, that like you could be fooled, but all of these like credits that they have they say like they've worked with chris brown they've worked with this artist they worked with this yeah. artist haven't worked with a single one of them that's disgusting yeah i do i that's why i learned like that's why with this album i'm doing it i'm funding it all myself okay and it's like my thing is every song's already written and like I told somebody my projection would be to have this album out two months after I moved to Detroit. And I'm like two to three months after I moved to Detroit. I'm like, I, and somebody's like, Oh yeah, that's definitely attainable. Like you can definitely do that if you've already written everything. And like, yeah, I'm basically just going to be working with some vocal producer and like, we're going to work in collaboration with each other, which is okay. Beautiful. So you have a plan. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's just it's it's daunting. I will admit, like the thought of moving. It's like it seems great, 
but you know this from moving. It's like once you have to actually execute your plan, that's the scary part. Like, fucking hate moving. Yeah, I think that's why I've been here for oh, such yeah. a long time. That's that's my other thing. Like, yeah, when I moved to Detroit, it's like my thing is. My view is if I end up back in in Florida, which I'm not gonna let happen, is to me that would be like ne- that time I definitely failed. Like, well, as long as you have a plan, I'm pretty sure you'll be able yeah. to execute it. Yeah, but I get I get that hate moving thing because it's like just especially when you have to do shit yourself. I've learned like. I'm like, right, I'm going to make sure that I have enough money to, like, get stuff I need in Detroit, but also be able to hire movers, because I don't have to move anything myself. No, no one's doing that. Fucking that. That's horrible. So, what made you audition for For the Love of (laughs) Dylan? I did not, actually. Um, So, (laughs) my my daughter sent me the um, application, because I... I mean, I live in Hell's Kitchen. Um, Hell's Kitchen is a very known area for popular gay bars. Uh, it's like between Hell's Kitchen and Chelsea. Yeah. Um, so when I first moved into my building, I was just having a really good time, <laughs> too much of a good time. Um, yeah. And I had just gotten out of a relationship. We were engaged. And this is pretty much just like oh, me wow. being on my own. Yeah. So um, when I moved into the building, like I said, I was just, I was, I was causing a, uh, I was very chaotic, but having a good time. Uh, so my daughter just, just, just came up on her feet and she was like, Dad, I really think you should apply to this show. And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's not really me right now. And then she was like, well, like, don't you want to be in a relationship? We kept going back and forth about like what I want. And I was like, you know what? Fine, I'll fucking do it. And I think like the deadline was on like a Friday. So I remember like doing like a little, I think it was like a one minute or a, one, a, one, a minute and 30 seconds video. Yeah. Sent it in. Um, and they literally got back to me like the next day and I thought it was like a joke because I had just sent the video in. Right. Um, so yeah, but it was, it was, it was fucking amazing, you know, um, just singing it in because I think I was, I was in my head. I'm thinking like, I'm, what, they're not going to select me. What happens this is going to be one of those moments that, and I, I think I was just going through the motions and I was talking myself out of sending the fucking video. But as soon as I sent the video, I was like, all right, it is what it is now, you know? Fuck it. If I go in, I go in. If I don't, I don't. And I did. <laughs> See, I mean, I can get that. I've only I've only auditioned for one show being a musician. I've auditioned for American Idol. I did it twice. And I'm like, yeah. and like neither of the times I like made it. I'm like, so I basically, one of these days, like, you sometimes like sit down and it's like I have a concept for a show. Mm-hmm. So like if any network executives are out there, <laughs> I gladly I said like I'm I was the person who's like I'm like, where's the singer songwriter show? Because you have the voice, you have American Idol, you have America's Got Talent, like you have all this stuff for people who just do one thing but you don't have a singer songwriter show so it's like for me i'm like this would be awesome and it would be something i would i'd love to do yeah maybe 
as I always say, who knows? You try not to look to the future for the future. It it'd probably be nice in like five, ten years, like F F forty to be like able to like sit down at like a desk where like I just sit behind the desk wearing my like crazy wigs and hair and all that. And it's like just sit there and like tell people because this is this is the thing and this is the east coast in me (laughs) it's one of the reasons why i said i can never move to la i thought about doing it at one point but i'm like no i am not as somebody who feels you should be authentic with somebody if i think you suck i'm gonna be the person who tells you i think you suck yeah because it's like this thing of like gassing people up and making them feel amazing when they have no talent. I'm like, all you're doing is when you're gassing people up who have no talent, you're basically setting them up for failure. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. So it's like, I would get four of the best singers, songwriters. I actually, as we were talking about off camera, what the, I'm not going to say who it was, but one of the people <laughs> is somebody that I thought would be great for the show, but we're now not talking. So <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like clearly I can't do business with somebody I'm not talking to. Like, no, that, that's not a good business idea. <laughs> so it'd be like four people. And it's like, you have each of the four judges at the end of each week after the contestants are done performing, you have each of the judges like rotate out and like have them perform a song that they're like working on. So it's like that way you have the judges of like, you have the judges prove why they're there. Yeah. Pitch the idea. Why not? Yeah. Cause I thought about the years of like when JLo was on American Idol, they're like, Oh, JLo can't sing. What is she doing on American Idol? I'm like, I'm thinking, I agree with you. But I'm not gonna say that. Like, <laughs> I love J Lo. Yeah. So, so that'd be a nice. It would be. I think it'd yeah. be really good. We'll see. I am. I'm the person who's like. Some people would say like. I know it's weird to say, like, you're going to, like, listen, some artists would be like, I would never do this. I'm not above sleeping with an executive if I have to, like, oh, wow. In order to make it. <laughs> Ooh. I'm, I'm half, I'm, I'm, I'm half kidding on that, but it's like, <laughs> honestly, like, oh, my. Okay. That's crazy. Oh. Well, this this is the thing. Like, I love when people act like, "Oh, that's so gross." Why would people do that? I'm like, if people didn't like somehow like find the way to like go in, whether it's screwing the boss doing whatever, it's like, listen, I'm not saying that should be a requirement for the entertainment industry. Yeah, the. The Me Too movement did happen. I honestly think it skipped the gay community. That's just like yeah, my thoughts about it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Upon reflection, I was like, 
speaking to a moment that we said that I said before, like when I said like, and I've said, I'll repeat on here. It was basically say like, when somebody asks like, what are your requirements for like, you guys to be come on here. And it's like, basically I want to fuck the guests. And it's like, you, it's like, it's like if the me if the Me Too movement had hit the gay community, I would not have been able to say that. Like, <laughs> I would have been canceled so fucking fast. Oh like, my god! <laughs> I I'm too real for my own good. Like, in case you haven't know. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Like, I only actually surround myself with real people because i appreciate that kind of like that that straightforwardness you know if i'm fucking up let me know you know don't like tell me lies yeah it's almost like that thing of yeah i don't know why people would want to like just surround themselves with um yes men like no i told i literally told my best friend i like i literally had this conversation with him i'm like I think it was, like, right after I started doing this. Because, like, I basically said, I'm like, okay. I'm like, bitch, you're the one who's going to have to keep me grounded. Because it's very hard to, like, keep yourself on, like, a level playing field when you're thinking about, oh, I'm meeting this person. I'm meeting that person. I'm meeting this famous porn star. I'm meeting this person who's just on TV. It's like, if you allow yourself to get like trapped in that, yeah, you will you will honestly like fail. Of course. Absolutely. Although the great thing is, and somebody pointed out, sometimes it is a humbling experience when like I don't vibe with a guest because it doesn't happen that often. It's only happened twice. Which, I mean, twice in, like, 75 interviews is honestly not that bad. That's not bad, actually. <laughs> but it's, like, the worst The worst time. I'll say about the worst time. I'm not going to I'm not gonna say names because, like, I'm trying to behave. So, <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was basically, it was... Well, no, I'll say what show it was. It was the winner of Go Go for the Gold. I'm not saying which season because I've, I've actually, <laughs> I've actually, you. well, my fans already know who it is because it's like, I will say I'm like, the, I think I'm, and I'm, I don't do much research, but I think I'm the only podcast where I've interviewed both winners of the show. Okay. So, like, <laughs> and that, and that's, and everyone's like, how does that happen? That's called persistence. Like, yeah. I will. Um, as I always say, when doing like an, it, when being an interviewer, it's like if you feel like you're stalking the guests, you're doing something right. <laughs> it, it, it's literally it's like if you don't give up because like. Literally, one of the people who I've loved recently that I've interviewed, which was um Ricky Roman, it took me it took me almost five months to get him on here because I was on his ass for five months until oh. eventually I got him to cave. Persistence. Well, actually, is it, 
it's it's not even like I got him to cave. He agreed to do the podcast. I've just, just made him follow through with what he agreed upon. Like, yeah, yeah. But that was great. He's going to be on here in a couple weeks again because it's like, I do. I'm that person, especially when I like seriously vibe with somebody. Yeah. A lot of people love meeting new people constantly, all that. It's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it too, but it's like, at some point, it's nice to be able to like sit down, especially if I'm going through like something like seriously, like emotionally, like, or like psychologically. It's nice to be able to like sit down with somebody that you already know and be like, before we go on, it's like, girl, can we talk? Like, can we just, can we just shoot the shit? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, I'm going through it, bitch. Like, oh. I remember the second time that um Phoenix came on. Phoenix from For Love Adult Season love 1. Phoenix. Shout love out, him. shout out Phoenix. Um, shout out Phoenix. I love him. Yeah. It's like basically the second time I'm, I'm like I'm like I'm like girl. Cuz I had gone through like I had a rough day that day and I'm like I'm like thank God I agree- I agreed to interview you before Prince Joshua cuz I'm like this is not something I want to in- I want to unload on somebody that I'm meeting for the first time. Like Yeah, yeah. But as I always say through this I always say through this this podcast and music I've been able to like work through a lot of my like shit cuz like I'm very, like, I feel like, especially, and this is probably why, as somebody said, like, you're laying the groundwork, because I feel very, like, confined and, like, isolated mm-hmm. here, and it's like, but I'm like, no, bitch, that's what you have to do. It's like, if you felt comfortable at home, you would never leave. Like, It's funny you have those feelings, because when I entered like entered the mansion on day one i remember i remember having those same exact feelings you know because no matter it's so crazy to say that yes the we've we've definitely the lgbtq community has definitely made a lot of advances but i feel like we still also kind of like judge each other which is really disgusting and sad so me going into the mansion i'm just like i'm surrounded by so many different guys and this is my personality like I'm, i'm not like as you can see on the show like i'm very straightforward I don't hold anything back. I kind of like, I'm definitely an emotional guy to some extent, but I'm also very sweet, very enduring. And I, I have a tendency yeah. to just kind of like, you know, just gravitate towards people, you know? So coming into the mansion, I was like, fuck, you know, I'm going to be surrounded by a lot of different individuals. I don't know if they're going to be receptive to me. It's a competition. Um, but the, the crazy thing about that entire experience is that like out of all the daddies and all the himbles, we're so fucking close. And I think that that's what kind of like changed my perception at least a little bit that we are moving in the right direction because i mean it was when you when you place individuals in a house there's different personalities you all are competing for something there's this kind of like all right is this person being real and the testament to that is that after this entire competition was over we all remain friends like we all speak on a daily basis we have we we when like um i was actually hanging out with nigel um and we were like going out and then we actually put the we were in the uber and we put on the youtube and then there was like a a clip of keith like entering in the mansion i sent him his it's just like that constant support that we have of each other 
Um, and that's that's what I love, you know. And I, I think uh, someone had DM me was like, oh, I don't know how I could ever go on a dating show. It just seems so fake. And I was like, the possibility of me finding love, not high. But what I left from that show is that I have a I have an extension of my family. You know, these guys are going to be in my life forever. And I genuinely and truly love them because they made me feel welcome. Well, that is amazing. And it's like, to, honestly, I will especially say like, this week, this week's episode. Yeah. Or this like, last week's episode. I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't watch it till today. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting far behind. That's why I try to like, avoid the spoilers and it's like when you said that you were afraid that you were like glad that you could be like vulnerable with somebody and be like completely like not necessarily have to be in control yeah i kind of love that because it's like I believe that there's, especially in a relationship, you have to be in a relationship of equals. And it's like, I love that notion because I will admit that somebody who's like, if you want to be like in control of everything that you do, you're going to be worn out. Where it's like, I'm already in control of making my own music. I'm already in control of doing this. Like, I need... I always say there's two things that I need in a relationship. One is that, as I said, a relationship of equals where we can both like equally take control of the relationship when the other one like needs yeah. needs someone to like step in. And then my other one is that I need someone who's not jealous. Yeah. Cause especially being an entertainer, I need someone who's like, listen, if I while doing this podcast if i'm flirting with a guest that's not me cheating on you that's me doing what i learned from i always say i don't i love i love when people say like who are their interviewing models and they're always like barbara walters diane sawyer (laughs) um barbara walters and diane sawyer are fucking garbage i have no problem saying that like i don't give a shit that barbara walters is dead i am we're two of the worst interviewers ever. So, like, yeah. my inspirations are Wendy Williams and Howard Stern. So, yeah. like, that thing of being able to be, like, vulnerable and, like, open up to people. Like, people say, like, especially when people see my interviews, they're like, you open up to the guests so much. It's like, yeah, that's how you get people to trust you. Exactly. Like, if I was, like, clamoring up and, like, not saying anything, that wouldn't... I mean, for it me, would it wouldn't... Create, it w- would create for a terrible podcast, like, honestly, like... I mean, it definitely, it, it allows me to open up, you know? Um, and yeah. I think that when, as I was watching this episode, just kind of was, like, going through the motions again, I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, it does feel good. And I think that being able to be vulnerable with your partner, that's something that like I a hundred percent stand by, you know, that, and this someone that's really secure, you know, I'm not saying that 
there's going to be those instances where you have to kind of like walk through and speak about those issues of insecurity or the person might be jealous but it's that constant reassurance of like you know listen i i need someone to say i do feel secure in our relationship um and i mean i think that's i think that's why i'm kind of just like going as i'm watching these episodes again i'm like oh you know this is it's it's a reminder a constant reminder of this is exactly what I, i need in a relationship this is what i'm searching out for um and i think it's and i think being with um Derek, I mean, like he, it's it's so crazy the d- dynamic, because I wish that there would be able to show so much more behind the scenes. Um, mm-hmm. Because Derek is like he, he's someone that really does allow me. Just he'd like, listen, babe, if you want to just fucking just lay on me, cool, let's do that, you know. And I think that that dynamic, again, it allows me to explore a side of myself that I felt like I had to hide for so many years, and now I, I actually am able to say, listen. I'm comfortable in who I am. I'm comfortable with my feelings and the person I'm going to be with is going to accept that because I'm going to accept them the same way. See, I kind of like that. And I, and I'm going to say this, I'm not just saying this because you're here. Like, I think, cause I will admit, I, not that I don't love the show. The show is great. Yeah. I, I, I like season one better, but this is just, <laughs> It's because of, it's honestly because of Anthony that I'm staying and watching season two. Like, because <laughs> especially those, like, when they made the episodes longer, it's like, I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, I mean, obviously, I get it. They have more of a budget this season. That's what yeah. happens when you're on season two. But it's like, at some point, I don't know because it's 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 also I know some of the behind the scenes stuff obviously yeah. because like I interviewed I interviewed Phoenix I interviewed Prince Joshua I interviewed Milo and it's like I got to hear some of the like behind this behind the scenes stuff where like people don't. No, okay. I'm gonna think about how to ask this question. <laughs> okay. Here we go. It, is it as lax on set? Is it? Oh, well, okay. Is it? Is it still kind of like a lax, like relaxed set now? <clears throat> Excuse me. In in what sense? Like is as okay. Well, let me put it this way, and I don't know if you can legally confirm this, but, like, Phoenix blabbed the first time that he was here that he was, like, able to keep his phone, like. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I think um, being able to be connected to the outside world, I think, is beneficial. Um, But I will say to you this, is that my castmates and I, it was kind of like an unspoken rule, you know, like because you can't really immerse yourself in the environment and enjoy it and really get a grasp on what you're there to do. It's your if you're constantly like on your phones. Like, don't get me wrong, as you can see, a lot of us are starting to post things that when we were in the mansion. But as far as yeah. like being on like IG, like we were taking photos of us like after the challenge, you know. But like we were all just like, no, we're, we're I we were not on our phones. I mean, it was okay if we were but like we were all so all in the moment and there was so much going on like i mean like we were filming from like we have to be up at like 8 a.m going to like 1 a.m 
and like our confessionals. So be, the little downtime that we would have, it was kind of like, I want to spend time with my himbo. Or if you're a himbo, you want to spend time with your daddy. So that th those t those small breaks in between, it was like, no, let's spend time with, let's really just kind of like throw ourselves in this, not go on IG or do something that's really not relevant to being in the moment now. Which I mean, I can kind of, it's so nice that like, in the like, in those moments that you're able to like, just relax. Because I will say this, it seems like, at least from an outside perspective, yeah. you're all more about actually trying to develop. I don't know necessarily if you're like trying to develop romance, but you're definitely like uh, trying to develop connections. Yeah. In the way that I feel like on season one, they really didn't because like, Well, who is it? Phoenix basically told me that he was there for like a he was he was there for like a social media boost, which is why like when he got eliminated first, it's like, well, yeah, that makes sense, kind of, but it's like obviously, like granted, even if like even if that wasn't your like first goal coming into mm -hmm. the house, you know that like you're at least going to get like a little bit of a bump. Yeah. In I mean, social media. Like it's funny because I think that a lot of, um, it, that was definitely talk, you know, like when I was telling like my family or having these conversations, like, Oh, I'm going on the show. The first rebuttal was, okay, so you're going to get a bump on IG or your social media platforms. And I was like, all right, cool. That sounds great. But at no point when I was in the mansion that I was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything I'm doing right now is for my social media following. I mean, it's definitely seen an increase since leaving the show up until now and it's going up because now right. I'm, I have the clips and I'm posting more and I'm doing more and I'm gauging more. Um, but I mean, again, like you can't really go into you can't really go into the show, at least with our season. I didn't really I'm not going to lie. I didn't really get into season one all that much because I wanted to go into my season with kind of like a clear mind. Like I went in there with the sole purpose of to make a connection. It wasn't, I didn't have any other in the underlying issues of, oh, I'm doing this for my social media or I'm doing this for fame. No, I was like, I'm going to fucking make a connection. And I made connections and I have brothers and sisters in my life. And I, 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 those are the relationships that I cherish. So if you were to ask me, what do I, what do I find more important having a social media platform or, or the relationships I built? These guys, the, the himbos and the daddies, the production team, man, like that's, those are relationships that I will have for the rest of my life because they were there for me throughout the entire process. And it's like that. I mean, that's honestly, that's great. That's beautiful. Like that's how you should want to go into yeah. doing anything. Cause it's like when I tell people like how I started like interviewing people and like, when I started doing things, my thing was it's weird. I, I figured I'm like, well, if I do like two interviews, it'll be nice that I did two interviews. Cause it's like, in some ways I would at least 
the way I looked at it when I started. Obviously, I don't feel this way now, but it's like in the traditional sense, I've failed as a musician. I don't think I've failed now. It's like just because I wasn't able to like break through those like corporate doors doesn't mean that like you failed. It just means that like your way of doing things is not going to be so like focused on the like mainstream it's you're gonna have to forge your own path which is like with that it's like that's how you should want to be because it's like this is this is just my thing the minute of like when i hear people like see because there was an artist at one point that i was like paying attention to when they were like talking about their spotify streams and they're like come on guys let's just get another thousand like listens on this song let's bump it up to fifty thousand like streams and i'm like to me i'm like that's disgusting because yeah. i'm like now you're just literally you're just telling people that like you're selling out like that's literally the exact definition of selling out it's like get people to do this go on tiktok all this it's like with how person with how personal my music is i would never want to be that person who's like when you go to like those management companies they're like okay what's the next tiktok trend for this song that you're gonna do like what two minute clip i i would be the person to be like fuck off that's a trend like no, you're not gonna say you're not gonna you're not gonna sit here and try and like bastardize my fucking story because you want you want this like ego you want this like giant like social media boost for like people just sit there and like dance to my track. It's it's honestly it's probably like my hatred of capitalism because I will say this like some people are like capitalism's amazing. I'm like is it really though? <laughs> is it? <laughs> like, I like I would consider myself like I consider myself one of those people who's like a socialist leaning on communist, and people are like you can't do communism. I'm like, listen, when you when you start communism at its like base is not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. It's when you let people take control of communism, that's when shit gets fucked up. It's like, yeah, it's like, so communism is not the problem. It's the problem is that we let people control. Agree. What it is. And it's like, that's why, in terms of this thing of everyone's like, People are, like, so obsessed with money. I I am not obsessed with money. I'm obsessed with what money can buy. <laughs> but it's, like... But it's, like, yes, I have to put on wigs. I have to put on shoes. I have to do all that. But it's, like... At the end of the day, it's, like... I don't, I don't do what I do for a check. Like... Yeah. I do it because I love it. And it's like the moment you no longer love what you're doing. Yeah. You're. You're not going to love it anymore. I mean, that, that really correlates to, I mean, there was a cash prize, you know, for whoever the winner is. 
Um, and I mean, yeah. it's it's if you if you just went in there for a cash prize, then I mean, like it's it was gonna be a fucking waste of time, you know. That's why you say, hey, listen, I'm going in there for this sole purpose to actually make and form a connection. And for those individuals that weren't, I mean, like that's gonna be displayed on you know television because I mean, like viewers already have their opinions about how things are going thus far. And I mean, like it's there's things you can't hide off camera. So if you're this there to get the money, then I mean that's going to be shown on television. You know, if you're going in there to immerse yourself in the entire experience, then yeah, you know, you're going to walk away with more than just fucking money. You're going to walk away with an experience and connection with people and someone. Yeah, it's almost like with that when people talked about Nick like on the show, yeah, and it's like. First of all, like, I obviously knew of Nick Mask because it's like, yeah, as a queer person, you just know attractive people. I love Nick. It, and it's, but it's like, in terms of that thing of where um, Nick really didn't change a lot of people's minds of who he was. Mm-hmm. Like, he's saying, I don't want people to see me as like, just this party kid and all that. I remember that from the episode. It's like, well, then why aren't you acting differently? Because it's yeah. like, if you don't want people to see you as that, it's like, clearly, if that's all you're showing the camera, that's yeah. all they're going to see. Like, It's crazy, though, because I think of all of the himbos in the house, I spent the least time getting to know Nick. Um but I mean, it's like watching him on the episode. There's just so much. And of course, I'm very close with Kane as well as the other daddies. Um, and there was just so much more depth um, that I wish would have been able to have been displayed from um, Nick. Because I mean, like he just had so many different layers to him. And I mean, the way that Kane was speaking about him and he was just saying, hey, listen, there's just so much more. Um, I mean, in hindsight, I wish we could have things been done differently with the voting. Yeah, possibly. But in that moment, I agree with you. You know, we didn't we didn't necessarily see the side that Kane was seeing. You know, we only saw this aspect of an influencer or social media, this party life. And that didn't kind of align with what Kane was needing. He, he wanted like a partner. So, I mean, it's it was very difficult and so fucking challenging uh, to watch last episode um, because Kane was really like he, he was really feeling that connection with him. Um, but as someone looking in, it was like, we didn't see that. So I definitely called him and I apologized, um, told him it was all love, but it was, that was a really tough decision to make, um, because you, you, you took something away from someone and they were building a connection. No. Yeah. Cause it's, I would imagine that's like having to vote, have, first of all, having to vote somebody out where it's like. I could not imagine like being in that situation because it's like the thing that I think was weird is that they chose like, well, I mean, I don't know if you were all told this to like pick individuals versus like picking teams. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it would have been better if they had picked teams and like, so that way it's like excuse me um but i mean obviously that would have been fair to kane that 
Yeah. He would have had to leave just because Nick was leaving. Was leaving. I mean, there, there, there are some to there. There are some situations that are coming up. Um, again, so yeah. we don't get to see any episodes prior to. Um, I think actually the ten minutes of the next episode just dropped on uh, Pride.com. Um, yeah. So I mean, there are episodes that are going to be coming up that are kind of similar to possibly that narrative of you know like will it be like a group elimination um but i mean it's 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 so crazy because as i'm watching these episodes i'm thinking like what would have happened if this voting would have been differently or what would have happened if this player wouldn't have been eliminated and there's just so it's just it's just crazy like watch re-watching these episodes um and again going through the motions again and like Oh, I remember exactly how I was feeling when doing when this was going on. So it's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it's like in some ways like somebody looking from the outside would obviously like just like if they just like saw the basis of the show and it's like they're like, oh, this is probably just like a vapid show where like hot people are just like falling in love with each other. I'm like, <laughs> that's. I'm not saying that's how it is. I'm saying like I'm giving that voice, but it's like you do have those moments, like as we were talking about, like you and Derek have those moments, and it's like yeah. it's you almost like wish that that was what was getting thrusted forward for people to see yeah. versus the just like oh my god a bunch of shirtless guys like basically walking around in bathing suits and like yeah but but <coughs> also like some people are like ew that's disgusting first of all fuckers you know this is exactly what you want like you might not, not admit that because you're like it's like I want something with substance. I'm like, I'm like, you're part of the. Re it's like you're probably the same bitch who's watching the Kardashians for all those years. <laughs> Which I, I, I have not seen a, a full episode of the Kardashians anything. So it's like yeah. I have a right to judge people who have, who yeah. like religiously watch that show. I mean, so there are times. I mean, throughout the show, I mean, we have to build up to those moments. Um, and I think the episode going forward, you'll see a lot. Um, more at least i'm hoping that you'll see just the the the, the couples just kind of is like going through the motions and i think that that's when you're going to really start to be able to see and connect with these couples that yeah they are having issues you know i think that these challenges that we're having if they're kind of they're kind of like gimmicky and funny but also they're they're they're, they're us getting to know our himbos and the himbos getting to know their daddies as well um and these connections you have to understand like we're with these individuals every single day um, we're filming with them, you know, they're, we're, we're bringing them lunch, we're bringing them breakfast, we're sitting down with them. So yeah. this is a pressure cooker moment and everything is just heightened and there's a lot of emotion behind it as well. So can I ask that? I'm trying to think. What? <laughs> I was trying to think, so like, I'm just remembering from season one this was theoretically the midway point yes i think it was like there might have been like one or two more episodes 
after that. So is this like... You probably can't answer this. So it's like, is this the midway point or is this like kind of like still towards the beginning? No, no, this is the midway. Um, this is the midway? Okay. It is. It definitely is. Um, and I think there's there's this, even watching the first 10 minutes um, earlier, again, just reminding me of everything that, that goes on. There's this, is this so much <laughs> just... Yeah. that's still to happen and i i hope that everyone is looking forward to it as most all of the cast is because again we don't see this prior to it being coming out on uh out tv um daddy tv no yeah so. i remember that because people would say like oh that's how they were like edited and i'm like I mean, yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense. It's, like, a good thing, because, like, they don't want you to know who's, like, who got eliminated this episode, yeah. who got... Which is fine. Oh. But yeah. it's it, it, it creates this kind of, like, if we, we filmed, like, months ago, and you kind of, like, processed yeah. those emotions, you got past those emo- emotions, you kind of, kind of, like, you forgot about it, for let's just say. And then you're like, nope. Here we go back into these emotions again. You're like, fuck, you know, and you're like, ah, oh, I did all this work to get past this. But I mean, it's just, it's just, we have to accept it. You know, we, we signed up for this and these are our lives and these are our emotions. So they're out there right now for everyone to judge and critique and have their opinions. Right. Unfortunately. <laughs> so, okay. Where am I? So, um, have you considered modeling? Um, it's crazy. Um, now that um, I am posting more, I'm doing more things, I am actually yeah. considering that because I, I think that that's something that I, I mean, I, I appreciate my body. You know, I, I love yeah. my tattoos and I love showing them off. But it's um, so, yes, I am definitely going to that path of wanting to oh, do that more. <laughs> I, will I, will. Say, I, I never really like thought about it except for like yesterday. So yesterday, literally the video hasn't come out. I don't know when it's going to come out. So basically yeah. my drag sister, um, we've been trying to do this for months, but literally my, my schedule is so busy between like working a real job, doing this and doing music, but like, I don't get a chance to breathe. So literally she's like, we planned a date yesterday and she did my makeup for the first time. So it's like, she literally told me, she's like the day that we do it. She's like, block out eight hours. I'm like, Oh wow. That's a shift. I'm, th- <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay. So it's like, and we ended up getting it done in three because apparently which three hours is a long ass time because as i've said on this podcast before it is great it takes me half an hour to get ready and drag like i'm probably the like shortest queen ever because it's literally like like i'm done i'm good well it's because like everyone's like because all the other queens have to do eyes it's like if i'm gonna throw sunglasses on my face what's the point of me doing eyes when it's like See, that was 
And then, like, once I saw the, the final product, even my best friend was like, I'm going somewhere with this. I'll get back to the point in a second. It's like, um, oh, we were talking about modeling. So it's like, yeah. all of a sudden, I never done like photo shoot type stuff before, like yesterday. But it's like, I looked at it and I'm like, well, maybe I could, because I always thought like, I don't know if I could do modeling. It's like, yeah. it's not, it's literally as like trying to be like, a like theoretically like fitness underwear model like you'd have to be i understand like strict discipline in that like yeah. i i know that part's probably not easy but it's like in terms of listening and taking directions i'm like i can do this yeah I, it's like yeah it's like i don't want to it's crazy because i i would love to be a part of rupaul's drag race pit crew um, so yeah. if anyone's out there listening, <laughs> please put me on because I would love to be a part of his pit crew. See, that would be. That would be nice. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. See, my whole thing with doing reality TV is like the idea of going out to LA just like that's why even even my show I'm like that's what I'd have to like clearly stay to an executive I'm like okay we're gonna film one of two places we're either filming in Detroit or we're filming in New York City that's it because like this idea of going out to Los Angeles the thing is especially in Florida it's it is so fucking hot. That's probably the other reason why I <laughs> want to move. Because there was no winter here. It was literally like... I remember, what was it? It was the Christmas day. It was like 79 degrees outside and it was raining. And I'm like... I love that. This is not Christmas. Like, It's amazing. I, I'm like, I'm like, this feels like October. And that's why I'm like... I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I made, I made the right fucking decision by... And everyone's like, but you're going to have to get used to the cold. I'm like, it's like, if I move during summer, by the time it gets to winter, I'll theoretically be somewhat adapted to the weather. And it's like, I don't know. I, I'm actually, I prefer, I actually, I want to move to Miami. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's, uh, that's, that's where I'm headed at some point. See Miami. This is my thing. In terms of like when I go out to places, like yeah. I like I like Fort Lauderdale more. That's just like oh my god. I had so we had uh once we finished um filming, we all yeah. went out to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. That place is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Fucking amazing. I mean, my thing is, I'll go down there because for years, my special friend wanted me to, like, go down to Fort Lauderdale, and I kept on saying no, and then, like, all of a sudden, he got mad because they're, like, once I started interviewing people, I would just, like, I'm the bitch who, like, sneak down somewhere, so it's, like, (laughs) 
I literally, I was taking pictures down of Fort Lauderdale. He's like, I've wanted you to go all this time and you're going now. I'm like, he's like, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, I'm like, cause I made these plans last night. Like I made plans and then all of a sudden the next day I'm down in Fort Lauderdale. I booked my hotel room on Thursday. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But I am very much that person that that's why like I'm the person who like I will probably like when I leave for Detroit I'll probably like like sneak away and then like all of a sudden the next thing people will know I'll just be in Detroit and it'll be like what's up I'm living here now like like you they saw you on Friday and then Saturday morning you're in Detroit because <laughs> <laughs> my thing is it's like I mean, nobody should be shocked about this. I literally posted on my story at one point is basically I'm like, it's like part of my healing is saying goodbye to Florida. Cause it's like, when people look at like all the positive sides of Florida, it's like, yes, here are the positive sides. Here are my negatives. Like, but it's like, most people won't have those negatives. It's like when you move, like if you were to move to Miami, yeah. Miami's beautiful, but this is my thing. It's it's so conservative in Florida. That's the other reason why moving to Detroit like appeals to me so much because it's so mm -hmm. conservative in Florida. It's like insane. Really? Like even even Miami, you think Miami is a liberal area. Miami's it's a little bit better than where I am, but it's not much. Like everyone always tells me it's completely different when you visit Miami as opposed to you living there. So I mean, I need to give it a try. I want to experience yeah. it for myself. You know, I, I've I've partied down there so many times. You know, I, I we we filmed down there. So well in Fort Lauderdale. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I want to experience. I really want to experience the Miami life. And if it's for a year, it's for a year. You know, for two years, it's two years. We'll see. But I want that experience. Right. And I feel like that's why, like. You're moving to Detroit tomorrow. <laughs> believe me, if I could. <laughs> if I could. I would. I know I want to go back down to Fort Lauderdale. I've been. I've been having this problem with my car for like. Almost like a month and a half. So it's like yeah. I haven't. I've been stuck up here like. I've wanted to go down to Fort Lauderdale so much, but I'm like, I'm like, literally my car is like leaking oil. And it's like, I'm like, I know if I make that drive, I will be stuck down in Fort Lauderdale and I will be fucked. So I'm like, <laughs> let, let me, let me wait till I get my car fixed and like, I'll be good and I'll go down. Let me know. We can That's party cool. down there. I need an, I need a reason to go down uh, to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, I'll keep in touch definitely because it's like, this is my thing, as I said, I'll do like spur of the moment stuff or like or I will make a plan like yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be another thing to first <laughs> off my friends with benefits. All of a sudden I'm I'm down to Fort Lauderdale hanging with you and I <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck. I'll be like, go on TV then, bitch, if you wanna <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyways, so um, what's your dating life been like? Oh, my dating life. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's crazy. So I, I still have a really strong connection with Derek. Um, him yeah. and I, we it's it's just challenging because you know he is in Florida, and I'm in New York. Yeah. Um, I mean, but we speak a lot more. Um, we it's just. I mean, in the moment, like I, I'm with Derek, you know, yeah. like it's I, I wish we could be a little bit more closer. But I mean, it's I'm looking forward to seeing where this could possibly go. I think yeah. that I'm just I'm really I'm really honest with myself. And so is he. And we're just taking things really slow. So that's the other reason he wants to move down to Miami. Like <laughs> so I can be a little bit more closer to him. Because if I remember correctly, that's where um, Derek's from. He's from Miami, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, well, they were born in Brooklyn, but they both live uh, in Florida now. Yeah. See, with me, it's like, as I said, with my um friends with benefits, as I said, he wants to commit. Yeah. And he's like, well, this is the other thing that he kept on telling me. He's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make all these connections with like strip clubs down here. I'm like, I'm thinking, bitch, why are you trying to make connections down in Florida? Make connections up in Detroit, like where I'm going. It's like, it's, well, I shouldn't say it's not that hard. I was very fortunate. One of the guests who's been on here, his name is um, Derek Thomas House. I'm very mm -hmm. grateful for him. He's like, literally from the moment I booked him, he literally gave me like four names of people to like, or no, like three names of people. He's like, oh yeah, go talk to this person. Go talk to that person. And I actually interviewed a drag queen in Detroit. So it's like, I made a connection in Detroit without even like having to leave Florida. And it's like, that's amazing. yeah, I'm like, I'm like, so sometimes, and I will tell all the guests, if anyone ever wants to suggest somebody for me to come on, as long as they don't look like they were hit by a truck, I'll pretty much like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh. Nice. Hold on, I have to pro I have to process that. <laughs> Cuz this is the thing, I have like that's why when people say like use your filter, I'm like what filter? Like I'm supposed okay. to have one of those. No. No filter needed. <laughs> No, yeah. So like as I said, was was saying it's like literally I'm like, yeah, it's like I'm guaranteeing you when I move to Detroit, I can make connections for you. Yeah. Cause it's like I will say this. Um sometimes people sometimes you end up dating a cliche. It honestly just ends up happening. Like I'm a musician and a drag queen, he's a go go boy and he's a rapper. It's like Sometimes you just end up in a cliche, like you don't, you works, don't want it, it to happen, but, but it works. Yeah. If it works, have fun with it. Yeah. So what's your relationship to drugs and alcohol? Zero. Um, I mean, I'll have like a beer like I just had throughout this. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think that um, so I'm an only child. You know, I have siblings on my father's side, but as far as like my mother's side, it was there was just always this, I need to 
you know, just be clear headed, you know? Um, so, I mean, as far as like drinking, yeah, I can do that recreational, um, drugs, not really, you know, um, have I experimented? Yes. Um, but I mean, I just, I'm at a point in my life, I'm just really focused and I'm not saying that you can't be focused and have those substances in your life. It's just that for me personally, and also, you know, with my daughter, like, I don't want to set that tone for her. Um, I mean, yeah, her and I have went out for her 21st birthday and we got fucking wasted. Sorry. Um, but we did. Um, and that was an enjoyable moment, but that's not my, that's not my day-to-day life. You know, like I I have too much that I'm trying to move forward with and trying to focus on and to accomplish to allow something, you know, like drugs or alcohol to kind of like, you know, set me back. See, speaking to that, like in terms of drinking, like I have to say before I say this next part, I don't have a problem. Yeah. It's just I don't really drink when I perform because I had a night one night where like this is something. It's like when you're in your when you're in this situation would never happen to me now. When you're in your twenties, when people are like just like as a performer, when you're having people buy you like drink after drink after drink, you don't know how to tell them like, no, you yeah. want to be nice and be like, nah, I'm good. So yeah, I had a night. Whereas again, as people were buying me drink after drink, after drink, after drink. And then I got in my car and I had to drive an hour home. And I made it about um, 45 minutes into the drive. And then that's when I got pulled over by a cop. And luckily, my dad was able to, like, save me. Yeah. So, like, I didn't end up getting a DUI. Thank God. But it's like, that stopped me from, like, drinking when I was performing. As I explained to people, for me, it's honestly, it's like, I if I want to have, like, a drink or two and I'm performing, I can do it. But it's like... Yeah. Overall, as a singer, it's better for me to be drinking water or green tea anyway, because it's like what people don't realize is that alcohol dries out your throat. And like when you're trying to be like a a musician and like when you're trying to be a singer, it's better for your voice to be lubricated than like dried out, obviously. Yeah. And then like drugs. Uh the only bad time I got, so like what happened was at my last job, I developed bone spurs in the heels of both of my feet. Mm-hmm. So it's like before I got on health insurance, which by the way, thank you America for not fucking giving that to everybody. <laughs> That's why I hate it in this country. So it's like before I got on health insurance, I was taking every day to like get through the pain. I was taking 18 to 24 ibuprofen a day. Wow. And I'm like, once I got on it, I'm like, yeah, this shit needs to stop. Like, this is not good for my organs. Definitely not. <laughs> to be abusing. And it's like, it's not like I love the taste of ibuprofen. That's one thing where people are like, oh, they just love the feeling. No. I wanted to be in pain. But it's like, you have to think of like the downside of that. It's like, yes, you're not in pain, but the downside is you constantly feel sick. Yeah. So that was 
that. That was that. So, what are your thoughts on how the LGBT community is being treated today? I mean, I, I think we're making a lot of progress. Um, but I mean, I do. I think it's fair treatment. No, not at all. Um, of course not. Definitely not. Um, but I, I, I think that us as a community, I think we're we're making strides in the right direction. Um, and it's 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 amazing because I think that we are definitely going in a positive direction. But I mean, we still have a lot more to accomplish together, and we're only going to do that if we're unified. So, I mean. It's 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 an uphill battle that I think that we're aggressively tackling away and chipping away, but this is going to take more time. Yes, is I honestly say like yes, we should constantly fight for change. Of course, but in terms of America, unfortunately, with the way the climate is right now, I think it's about as good as we're going to get. And yeah. our focus needs to be more towards international issues than with America, because okay. there's a lot more shit that's like needing to happen outside of America. But it's like mm-hmm. when you're fighting the like anti like trans laws and all this, I'm like, I understand. I understand that these things need to be fought for, but it's like. It's like, yes, it's important to fight for trans people, but when you've got gay and trans people getting murdered in this country over there for simply being themselves, I feel like that's where you need to push your focus on versus this thing of trying to do this these laws in these few states. Oh, I agree. I 100% it's, agree. It's like... Absolutely. It's sad, but that's how the country is today. Yeah, it's going to take and, yeah. And to my final question, what's the biggest misconception about you? <sighs> so another one of the daddies in the house. Matter of fact, uh, so Jimmy, which is I love him now. Um, he said that when I first came in the house, he thought that I was kind of like a douchebag. Um, and he thought I was just kind of and I think douchebag, arrogant um, are some of the 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 negative connotations that's been associated with me throughout my life. But once a person gives me like five to 10 minutes, you start to realize that that's not me at all. Um, I'm not arrogant. Uh, I think I'm confident. And sometimes that can come off as very like, oh, this guy's a dick or he's an asshole or a douche. Absolutely not. I think I, I, I'm, I'm very reserved, which I think that anyone that's been watching the show, you can see that. It takes me some time to open up. Um, right. But like that's, that's just part of me and I'm never going to change that, you know. I think that not everyone deserves to, um, and I don't say this as being cocky, not everyone deserves to be in our lives, you know? I think that, like, there's this huge misconception that, like, everyone we meet, we have to, like, automatically bring them into the fold. And that's not me at all. Definitely not, you know? I'm very selective with my love. I'm very selective with the people that I allow into my heart, into my life, into my home. Um, And I'm going to continue to do that. And that's how you weed out people that don't belong around you and you don't want that negativity around you. but specifically with Jimmy, um, I think as him and I started to get closer, he started to realize that that was completely not me at all. He, he, he understood that I'm a very caring, loving guy um, that's guarded to a certain degree. But once you start to get to know me, you start to have those conversations, you start to realize that I am I'm like a fucking little sensitive, little crying bitch sometimes. But it is what it is. I'm a good guy. 
I think. I mean, I mean, first of all, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong. First of all, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. And it's like, for me, I've been told two. One of them is that I'm intimidating, which I am also a bigger guy. I'm six foot three. So, like, that thing of like when people are like, you're intimidating and don't come up to me. Like, this is the one thing that I love about drag. It's like, I am not the person who wants to start conversations, but it's like, if I'm a drag queen at a bar, you can honestly approach me and like talk to me. Yeah. Now, here's my one exception to that is, and this happened to me one time when I was in Orlando. It's like, if I am in the middle of performing my song or I'm like trying to start my song and I'm performing in a place without a stage as my track is playing don't yeah. come up to me and then try and take a picture with me <laughs> it's, okay now that, that, I, that makes sense I feel like I feel like this is something that should be obvious but I'm like because I remember what was it I was ending, it was at the straight bar. It's like I had just done my first two like original songs and I was ending with a cover. I was ending with um Do What You Want by Lady Gaga and my track was playing and then all of a sudden somebody just like walked up while I was sitting there. I'd already had the iPod press play and then now I'm having to take the picture, sit there, think, and then like get right on the beat and know exactly where to come in. Yeah. That's annoying. That's fucking difficult. It's not only difficult. That's <laughs> fucking difficult. Like, <laughs> and yeah, that's my one thing. So it's like, yes, I am a very nice person. Of course. Overall, as I said, if 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 I need to become a bitch with you, I will become a bitch. But overall, it's like, it's like no. It's I'm all about love. I'm all about. Of course. Yeah putting people up on a pedestal who deserve it. If you're talented, I'm going to, I'm going to like constantly push people towards your, like whatever you're doing. But yeah. if you're not, I'm not, I'm yeah. going to be like, I'm going to be like, love you, babe. And just give yeah. him a smile. Like, love you, babe. <laughs> Love you. It's been real. But, and then the other one is that I've been told I'm shady. Yeah. I think a lot of people confuse stating facts and being opinionated with being shady. It's like, it's like, yes, I'm going to tell you the, like, what my version of what you're doing is, but it's like, if you don't agree with me, you don't have to agree with me. You don't have yeah. to think I'm right. I'm just saying what I think. Of course. In this in this instance, where it's like, when I see somebody who's talented, who's a really talented musician, basically give up on that talent to go pursue modeling, I'm going to be like the person who sits there and is like, listen, I will always be a musician first. Like, even though I do this, even though I do that, it's like, 
I will always come back. Like, anyone who, like, forces you to give up on their on your dreams... Yeah, no. Or is not... At least in my view, they're not the person for you. No, I agree. It's like, if you honestly, like, have to have a quote-unquote evolution where, like, you... devolve into like I would say this like yes granted people love models but it's like if you want to be just like a white guy who's a model there's 8,000 white guys who are a model who all have abs and like it's like why wouldn't you express you it's like I don't know I don't ever want to I don't ever want to fit in the mold like not gonna do it that's just me and if you think i should be more corporate it's like i will love to do a corporate gig it's like if you let me do a corporate gig my way and not be like okay you can't say this that and that and that it's like i'm like i love being censored where am i what am i on national television like no, not gonna happen for me. That's why to my show, I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna have to talk to HBO because I'm like, if you put me on CBS, it's literally gonna be like, they're gonna have to censor out half the show because I'm. Maybe you can do Cinemax not... after dark. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, I can't believe you went on here. I'm gonna be like, why the fuck did you go on this show? Like, <laughs> mess. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> with that being said it was a pleasure getting to meet you oh my god thank you so much i really appreciated this um get caught up on the show i think you're going to be pleasantly surprised at a lot of things that are unfolding i am because what this week is episode six right yes yeah i'm caught up okay because episode six is tomorrow as i said i just watched episode five this morning (laughs) okay just making sure just making sure i of course, I have to watch the most recent episode. It's like, <laughs> if if you got eliminated, I would have had to ask you about that. Like, yeah, how fun that was. Some things are some things are about to to happen to get shaken up. So, um, I guess we'll 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 have to find out what happens tomorrow. Yes, and actually. Hmm. Am I caught up? Well, this is one thing I know. We're almost done. So it's like, the reason I wasn't caught up is because I recently, I don't know why, for some reason, I just got in the mood to start watching, like, reruns of Two Broke Girls. So it's like, that's why I haven't been watching the show, because it's like, I've been obsessively marathon binging that. But it's like, I'm almost done. So I will be able to watch this week's episode. Speaking of marathons, I was actually like a couple of weeks ago. I was watching all the old episodes of Queer as Folk. Do you remember that that series? Yes, yes. I don't. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I know that's Brian Kenny days. See, that was <laughs> that that was the show where like to that show. I don't get why they tried to remake that show. I don't. Yeah, it's like certain things like don't touch like. 
it'd be like queer as folk or like anything like even reality shows like it's like don't touch the a-list new york okay like that shit was <laughs> that shit was problematic as fuck and i wanted to stay that way like oh my god oh i fucking love the a-list i know what was it i think i was pointing out to somebody like i remember when like Austin Armacost, I think, described Peppermint using the awesome. T word, and it's like, and I'm thinking, I'm like, Whoop, that's 2011. That shit would no. never fly today. Like, nope, not at all, not at all. Oh my god, night! You're gonna make me go watch that show now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, with that being said, yes. this is. Gay Out the City, I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and I hope you've enjoyed.